Well, greetings, everyone. Welcome to Heartline Ministry. This is a program where we take the Word of God and we apply it to issues of the heart. I'm Pastor Harold Noyce, pastor of the Community Christian Church in Athens, Vermont. Alongside is my co-laborer and uh, brother in Christ, Pastor Tim Golden. He is pastor of Life on Main in Charlestown, New Hampshire. And it's a delight for Tim and I to be able to bring this program to you to be able to share the wonderful thoughts of the Word of God and apply them to our heart and life. Tim, we have started a study now on the 31 uh, reasons in which Jesus came. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited about it because I just, I love thinking of these reasons. I love thinking about all the different things that Jesus did or reasons that Jesus came just so that he could be like you and me or just so that he could identify with you and me. Mm -hmm. Now, the first reason, Tim, that Jesus came was to do the will of the Father. And with that thought, all the other reasons kind of congeal to that, yeah. to do the will of the Father. And then he came, if I can get the right page here, then he came to save sinners. And Paul said he came to save sinners, which I am chief. And both you and I look at it and say, wait a minute, you know, I think I'm chief of that, <laughs> of that thing. But he came to save sinners. And then we know that he came to bring light into a dark world because God had not spoken or revealed himself for over 400 years yeah. to the world. And now Jesus comes and he, and he breaks that darkness mm -hmm. with himself. You know, and of course, you know, at his birth, he had the star that shone brightly. And, and you know, what a, what a wonderful revealing it was for Jesus now to, to come and reveal the heart of the Father. And today we're going to look at number four. The reason Jesus came was to take on flesh so that he could be made like his people. Mm -hmm. And to me, I don't know, that just thrills my heart that I have a God who isn't far off, so lofty that he cannot be touched with our infirmities, he cannot be touched with our thoughts, our emotions, and everything which we do. But we have a God who who wants to become personal and intimate with us. I'm reminded of a song way back, I think it was probably the early 80s now, um, that was, it was kind of a more uplifting type of a song, but the words to it was, he came down to my level mm -hmm. when I couldn't get up to his. You know, yeah. and, and that is, and I think that's one of the key things that separates Christianity apart from all other religions that you may find on the face of the planet is that every other one, it's somehow we've got to try to achieve his affection. We've got to try to achieve his acceptance. Mm. But in Christianity, his coming in the form of man, him coming down in flesh was his way of saying, look, I'm not going to wait for you to get to where I am. I'm going to actually come to where you are. Right. And then walk with you yep. in that. Yeah. And, and to me, I don't know, that's, that, that's just one of the many things that just makes me want to love him more. Mm -hmm. To know that, that he is so high, so lofty, so, so awesome, and 
yeah, I mean, he's he's the creator. I mean, someone who could make me. Mm -hmm. Just speak a word and, and make me. Or speak a word and there's light. Or speak a word and there's the earth. Mm -hmm. Yet, he's willing to leave the splendor of heaven. And there was a song. He left mm -hmm. the splendor of heaven yeah. for you and me. And, and you yeah. know. Creator of the universe. Yep. Yet lover of my soul. Yeah, you yeah. Know, it's just some, something so vast, but yet this little thing called me. Yep. Or a little thing called you, you know, that you care this much about. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, to take some other scripture verses that, that we probably won't look at today, but just to bring them up, that, that he cared for you and me so much that, you know, so many of you can see the yarmulke on the top of my head, is he knows every hair I've lost up there. Mm. He's got them all counted. Yeah. Uh, every tear that I have ever shed he has them counted, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, that's how much he loves me. Mm -hmm. But then to leave the splendor of heaven and come down and take on flesh like you and me, and in that taking on flesh, he took on everything that that represents. Mm -hmm. The pain, the anguish, the anxieties, all the other things. Yep. He took all of those things on for you and me. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just marvel at that. So when I look at all these 31 things that Jesus did, there's, there's a several of them that, that just really resonates with me more than even all the others. Mm -hmm. And this is one of them, that he was willing to identify with Harold Noyes or with you who are watching and say, I took on everything that they have ever gone through. Yeah. What, a, what an amazing thing. Tim, why don't you open in prayer, and then I'm going to read out of Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 through 17. We have... Uh, many, many other scriptures to bring out that has to do with Jesus coming into flesh. But we're going to start with Hebrews 2, 14 through, se uh, 14 through 18, actually. But I'm going to ask Pastor Tim to open in prayer, and that's the Lord to direct us. Sure. Lord, again, we thank you for the opportunity we have to gather together uh, to share with one another, and Lord, also be able to share with those that are viewing in, mm -hmm. and uh, both locally as well as around the world, Lord. And we just pray that you'll inhabit our time together, that you would... Uh, speak to the hearts of people, Lord, not that our words would make a difference, but God, the truths that you speak forth would actually resonate within the hearts of the viewer, um, bring forth life change for them as a result of what they hear today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We give you honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, Tim, as you were praying and, and such, I couldn't help but thinking, wait a minute, I'm reading out of the book of Hebrews, so it was written by a Hebrew. And Back in those days, when they thought of the Messiah coming, they thought of the Messiah coming as a king. Mm -hmm. Yet this Hebrew writer goes and gives us in verses 14 through 18 that, you know something, he had to come and suffer as a human being before that, mm. which was contrary, really, to what they, what the Torah said or what, what they thought the Torah said. Mm -hmm. and, and to be a Hebrew and to see him in light of that. Yeah. What an amazing thing that is, mm -hmm. you know, that to, to be able to do that. So we're in Hebrews 2, starting with verse 14, going through verse 18. It says, For as much then as the children are partakers of the flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. And deliver them who, through fear of death, were all their lifetimes subject to bondage. For verily, who, he took not on him the nature of angels, 
but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore, in all things, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren. I love that term. That he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to secure them, or succor them, that are tempted, or to secure them that are tempted. And mm. what, a, what an amazing scripture this is for you yep. and me. As we think about now, here's Jesus. Now we could turn certainly to John's gospel in the very first chapter, very first couple of verses where it says, in the beginning was the word, mm -hmm. and the word was with God, and the word mm -hmm. was God, the same was in the beginning. Um, you know, in the beginning with God, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. What, what an amazing thing. That, mm -hmm. So this Jesus is not just merely a man. He's not yeah. just merely a, a figure of somebody that, you know, we look at and say, well, he was a good teacher, he was a good rabbi, he was, you know... Yeah, he was decent to people. He was, you mm -hmm. know, all these things. But he was so much more than that because he was God. Yeah. You know, so God in the flesh. Mm -hmm. um, seems to me that that's the name Emmanuel. Mm -hmm. Right? God, God with God. us. God with us. And, and that's one of the names that Jesus took on was mm -hmm. Emmanuel. Yeah, and this is a picture we see throughout the entirety, even of the Old Testament. This is not just a New Testament concept that God desired to dwell with his people. I mean, you take this concept, as you said earlier, that we've got a God who's created the universe. He's pretty huge, yep. <laughs> you know, yep. and he's got a big, you know, he, he needs, I guess, a lot of room, you could say. And to think that he, in the days of the book of Exodus, would choose to come out of his heaven and inhabit on top of a mountain called Mount Sinai. Mm -hmm. You know, a mountain's a pretty small throne. For a creator of a universe. Right. But yet, he didn't even just stay there. What he chose to do is he looked at Moses and said, by the way, when you go back down, I know you're all living in tents down there. I want you to build me a tent mm. called the Tabernacle. I want it set right up, right in the middle of you guys. Because I want to dwell right in the middle of where you are. Mm. Now we've got the creator of the universe restricting himself to a tent. Yep. And then he restricts himself even more in the New Testament by making what? Us his temple. Yep. You know, and uh, so the, we just see this incredible picture of a God that in some ways does seem so out there. Because how can you begin to comprehend the creator of a universe? And um, the, the one who is all-knowing, who's been before time was and will remain long after time goes. And to for him to wrap himself in the form of a baby mm -hmm. is absolutely mind blowing because it, it, it's almost it's almost incomprehensible when you think because about it. Coming as a baby with Mary is he took on flesh and at that point in time he's like any child that you and I have had in our families is they can't do anything. Mm -hmm. You know, but later he had to depend upon Mary for milk, had to depend upon Mary to change his diapers, had to depend upon Mary to take care of his needs and do all of those things, had to depend upon Joseph to make sure that there was enough food. To, you know, I mean, he had to depend upon everything. 
That's it. So that he could experience what you and I experience mm -hmm. in our lifetime. That's why I said at the beginning that, you know, think about it. The God of the universe, the creator of the universe, loved us so much that he wanted to experience mm -hmm. everything that we experience. Mm -hmm. And to me, that just, I love it. I just it, think it's so it great. It is, because when we stop and think, and, and in fact, when we started off this whole series, we talked about the fact, and because it was right around Christmas, that, and we talked about how he was born to die. Mm -hmm. You know, that this was the main, one of the main purposes, why he came. But as I was even reading this week that um, somebody had written, they're like, it's about so much more than him just doing that. Because if it was only about him coming to die for the sins of man, he could have just come down on Good Friday, yep. suffered on the cross, rose again three days later, and then, you know, go back to heaven. Yep. No, it could have been a three-day thing, but he made it a 33-year thing. Right. Because of this fact that he did want to... I, not that he had to identify with us. He wanted to. Because he wanted, I think, us to be able to have an understanding that he understands. Mm -hmm. You know, where we are. And that he understands the, the turmoils and the struggles that we go through. Um, I remember there was this girl when I was in high school. We're still connected in face, on Facebook. And um, my dad was a pastor. Has been a pastor for many years. And... Um, this was second church that he had pastored, and uh, we'd been there for a couple of years, and all of a sudden, um, there's one day, showed up for church, and she looked at me, and she's like, so how are you doing? And I'm like, you don't want to know. Because that <laughs> day, I just went, yeah. you know. And as I began just, uh, excuse the phrase, vomit all over her emotionally, you know, just, this is what I'm going through. She's looking at me with a big grin on her face, and I'm thinking, are you taking joy she, in my pain? In yeah, fact, she's not I, even, this, is she? I, I, I remember even mentioning that to her at the time. It's like, are you taking pleasure in this? She and she, I'll never forget. She looked at me. She's like, "Well, actually, yes, I am." And I'm like, "You're not helping your case, you know." And she's like, "No, hear me out." She's like, "Before now, I thought that as a pastor's kid, you didn't suffer through the same things that the rest of us go mm -hmm. through. You, you you didn't have a real understanding of the other things." And to hear you talk like you are, I understand that you know more than I realize. Yep. And, and there's something in the friendship that, that bloomed mm -hmm. through that because she realized I could identify yep. and I wasn't superhuman. And so Jesus, I think, kind of did the same thing for us. He became no longer an untouchable. Yeah. He became touchable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I have likened it uh, even to my ch church body that I that I pastor and have become so you know like so much like family that I shared with them one day I said you know I said I've done hundreds literally hundreds of funerals mm -hmm. and in doing them it's almost become like you know it's just a job but then one day I lost my dad mm. all of a sudden it stopped being just a service that I do for people mm. Because now I know what they're going through. Mm -hmm. Now I have experience. I had, I mean, I'd lost yeah. a grandmother and things of that nature, but that was so far back. And I was just a little kid and not really knowing what that meant. Mm -hmm. But then to sit with your dad and watch him die and then lose him. You know, someone that I, I cherished, someone that I respected, someone that I, all of a sudden, whoa. You know, it was like that two fight four. Right. Just go, bam! on you and, and 
you know, and I shared it with my people. I said, you know, now I can identify with each and every one of you that lose a loved one more than I could ever before because now I've been through it. Mm-hmm. And I almost wonder if, if when the accuser of the brethren goes up to God and says, look at what Harold Noyes just did, or look at that terrible thing Tim Golden just did, mm-hmm. Jesus can stand up and say, Dad, I've been there. Mm-hmm. I know it's tough mm-hmm. because I've been there. You know, and that just gives me a greater um, respect and a greater appreciation mm-hmm. for what Jesus Christ did in leaving heaven, coming down, and being born, you know, as a baby, and then living as a baby and an infant and a toddler, and, and then a, a teen and a man, and having to do all the things that you and I did. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just gives me a, a greater respect for Him. Yeah. Because my God was willing to do that for me. And I even challenge people now. My God is willing to do that for me. What has your God done to you? Mm-hmm. You know, if you take, you know, some of all the other things that people try to make gods, was that God willing to become human, leave his throne in heaven, become human, mm-hmm. and suffer, and go through everything you go through? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's the incredible thing. In fact, if people haven't read John chapter 1, I really encourage you to read that mm-hmm. through and really just and chew on it because it really does help you when especially again when you think about this is the one who came down to be part of his creation yeah but not only that but you know as you said to come and suffer suffer what at the hands of his creation Mm -hmm. to be treated as almost sub creation himself who created them you know who at any point in time could have reared up and said, do you guys have any idea who you're messing with? Yeah. Do you have any idea what kind of power I hold that I could wipe you out with simply a word mm-hmm. and you could cease to exist? Yep. But yet I choose to submit myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, 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 as you really begin to digest yeah. it and really begin to think about it, this concept of coming in flesh was so much more than just coming in flesh. There's coming to be ridiculed and to be demeaned by that who he had every right to demand worship and exaltation from, but was willing to receive the other because of the depth of his love for us. Yeah. yeah it's, That's, that shatters me. That's why it's a good thing I'm not God. Yeah. Because we'd all be toast right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and even not to, to show any disrespect, because I have the greatest honor and and respect, reverence for who God is, reverence for Jesus Christ, but to even know that Jesus came down as a man, or came down in flesh, and became a man, and he even knew what it was like to take on a personality that had a sense of humor. Mm. You know, and for example, you know, I was just thinking of this earlier, for example, when, you know, he goes, and and the, the guys, the fishermen came in, and They'd fished all night, and they didn't catch anything. So he says, well, you go back out there, and you throw it on the left-hand side and see what you get. And, of course, they threw it on the left-hand side, and they got all... They were... Got so many of the nets were starting to break. And then they, they, bring, they come back in. Here's Jesus standing on the shore with a fire, with fish already baking, and says, hey, guys, come on in and have breakfast, you know? Yeah. I mean, here they are. They're bringing in the big... And, you know, I mean, he just says, hey, by the way, I've already got some fish for breakfast, you know, mm-hmm. we'll clean those later. You know, I just, I just think of that, and I just say, wow, you know, my God has a sense of humor, too. And yep. He has to have, he made you and me, but, you know, he has, he has a great yep. sense of humor. And, and I just, 
you know, with all due respect, to be able to see him in that light and not just, you know, I remember as a boy, I went to a particular church, denominational church, and, and I had, the, I had the, the, the worst concept of who God was. Mm-hmm. My concept of God as a boy was this, was it, that he was a mean old man sitting on a throne with a bullwhip ready to correct me every time I, was, I, I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, that was just a picture that, that had been painted mm-hmm. in my mind about who God is. And it was hard for me to, to see him as somebody that I wanted to have a relationship with, that I wanted to, to grow up really to love. Mm-hmm. You know, and it wasn't until I'd heard the great gospel and trusted the gospel of Christ and really got to know what it was to learn that God came to have a relationship with me. He came mm-hmm. to identify with me so that I could come to him at any time, whether it be with a need, whether it be with just a crazy thought of, hey, God, did you ever think of this? You know, and, and have him look down and say, yeah, I thought of that. You know, mm-hmm. but it's just, you know, and, and this is not making light of who God is, but it's, right. it's simply seeing God for who he really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's and it's realize you have to we do have to have the both pieces right. of the puzzle we because we err if we go to one extreme or the other. Yeah, you can't. You, you know, because be. like you said, you have the one one end of the spectrum, much like you said, your upbringing was where he's at, mean old ogre, you yep. know, sitting on the throne, and but then you've got almost this other um, air that we do in the church where all we preach is Jesus, my friend. Yep. Jesus, my buddy. And, you know, Jesus, lover of my soul, right? And he's this, he is this. He's the both and. He's not an either or. He's got to be both. And he's got to be both in their fullness. Um, So it's understanding that, first of all, he is God. You know, in fact, that John passage, in the beginning was the word, word was with God, and the word was God. Making no bones about that. We're talking about the Almighty here. Mm -hmm. But now that you got that piece down, now let's talk about how he came in flesh. Right. And how much he loved you um, when he didn't have to, but chose to. Yeah, yeah. And that is, a, that is a, and you know, it all goes back to creation. Mm-hmm. It all goes back to the garden. Yep. And it seems like, you know, when we started Matthew, it seemed like 100 years ago, when we started Matthew, we were talking about it all has to go back to Genesis. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it all goes back to that because what was it that God intended in the first place? Mm-hmm. He intended to have a people for himself that he could come down from heaven, walk on this shore, and talk with us and mm-hmm. spend time with us, just like he did with Adam and Eve before they before they fell, before the great yep. fall. And you know, he did that every morning. In the early in the morning, he would come and talk with them. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can just picture him, you know, coming and talking with them, just like a, a father or just like a big brother, and mm-hmm. just say, Hey, you know. This is what your day is going to look like, yeah. kind of thing, you know. And and that's what God wanted. That's what God always desired. It is. And it couldn't happen until after Jesus comes, because of mm-hmm. because of the great fall of mankind. Right, which brings, of course, to Romans chapter five, where we see that wonderful comparison that the Apostle Paul does between the first Adam and the second Adam. Mm. You know, we talked about the first Adam, of course, that being the one in Genesis that had fallen, but how Jesus came as the second Adam to, you know, more or less live where Adam himself failed. Yep. And just as sin entered in through one man, guess what? Salvation had entered through a man. Right. And we know, of course, there can be no forgiveness of sins apart from the shedding of blood. And so he had to come in the form of flesh 
if he was going to be able to be that remission for sins, it wasn't just enough for him to come and say, okay, fine, sin's all gone. There had to be a sacrifice, there had to be a blood sacrifice, right. and it had to be a pure holy sacrifice. And we know the lambs and the goats weren't doing it. Tells us that in Hebrews yep. chapter 9 exactly. and 10, right? That they, they were insufficient. They covered the sin, didn't cleanse right. didn't the take sin. It away. Yep. You know, only Jesus was able to do that when he became that flesh sacrifice. Once for all. Yeah. Once for all. Yeah. And I, I had to turn to this. This is in Psalm 135 because last night during prayer meeting, Mm -hmm. I went to a little 10-minute devotional or something, not a very long devotional. But in Psalm 135, these, these verses came, just hit me in, in the head when I read them. Verse 5 and 6, For I know that the Lord is great, and that our Lord is above all gods. Whatsoever the Lord pleased that, he, that did he in heaven and in earth, in the seas and all the deep places. So I look at that and I say, wait a minute, I know he's great mm -hmm. because he's God. But I also know that he calls me his brethren. And I also know that he says, Harold, I love you this much mm. to die for you. You know, what, what an amazing picture of this God who is willing to take on flesh for you and me to become identified with us so that he can go before the Father and say, I've been there. Mm -hmm. I know what they are going through. Mm -hmm. That does not, that does not um, have a rationale for allowing them to sin or anything like that, but I just know that it's tough. Mm -hmm. And that's where grace comes in. And yeah. what, a, what an amazing picture that we have of this. Mm -hmm. You know, to, to get back to the Hebrew scripture, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also, meaning Jesus also himself, likewise took part of the same. So God had to come and take part of the same, to experience what you and I experience, mm -hmm. so that he could finish it. He could take care of it. He could complete it. You know, um, you, you had just a moment ago brought up the fact that, you know, the sacrifice, the blood sacrifice that he had to do. But to picture that sacrifice is, wait a minute, that sacrifice was a ransom that he paid Mm -hmm. on behalf of you and me. Mm -hmm. And that ransom came from the Father, saying, the only thing that will suffice my call for a payment or my ransom would be my son going down. This is God talking. Mm -hmm. My son going down, living as a human being, so that he could die to pay the, the payment that had to be paid for all of mankind. And praise God, he did it once for all, for all of us. But he had to take on flesh in order to be able to do it. And in the process of taking on flesh, lived a more meager existence than any of us ever would. Yeah. Being born in a stable, living basically as a homeless man. Yep. He said he had nowhere to lay his head. Yep. Right? Um, and so he chose not just to kind of identify, not to do the bare minimum. He went all the way. Yep. You know, to, to do it. And, and again, the fact that he is God, he didn't have to. He could have just wiped it all out and just started again. But he chose to redeem that which was broken. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and to At me, the highest cost yeah, of and, his own life. And, and that is the key. You know, that, that the cost that it, that it cost God, mm -hmm. 
you know, to be able to send his only begotten son, you know, John 3.16, we all know yeah. those verses, that God so loved the world that he gave. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't just simply Jesus running away and, and saying, look, I'm, I'm running away from home and I'm never coming back. No, son, would you, I want you to go down and live as a man mm -hmm. so that you could pay the price that I require, the bounty that I require for mankind. Mm -hmm. Only you can pay that because you are perfect. You know, if Jesus had at any time sinned, he could not have paid it. That's right. You know, and, and to me that's just so remarkable mm -hmm. that he lived a sinless life so that he could pay the perfect price. Mm -hmm. and, for for, and then for God to do it in a way, knowing that then he had to come down in that way and then to orchestrate it to the point, because he knew then it's like, okay, well, we've got this guy, though, Adam. Everybody that's been born is born through a man and a woman is born into that sin nature, so I've got to grab, I, I, I got to bypass the man. And he did that through the virgin birth. Yep. Uh, so that way that sin nature would mm -hmm. not carry in to the life of Christ. Right. So it wasn't, so he was fully man, yes, but yet, again, that aspect of still being fully God, having been conceived by the Holy Spirit. Right, right. And that's one of the, that's one of the pet peeves that I have, is sometimes with all the new translations that are, of the Bible, sometimes, you know, and, and some people say it's a petty thing, but I read on it and, and it says, marry a young woman. Well, I put that Bible away. I, I don't use it because she was more than a young woman. Mm -hmm. Mary was a virgin. Mm -hmm. And that is, without that, you don't have anything. Mm -hmm. You know, because then he would have taken on the sin nature, you know, by Joseph and so forth. Right. And, and that can't be. Mm -hmm. So she had to have, uh, she had to have been a virgin. He had to be born of a virgin. Mm -hmm. And what a remarkable thing, God coming and placing his seed in Mary. What a beautiful, beautiful picture that is. And then we have in verse 14 of Hebrews 2 is that this, is that, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Let me ask you a question, Tim. How is it that through his death he could destroy or render powerless the effects of death, which is the devil. Well, first of all, God makes the rules, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, we, we know, again, and, and we don't know the full reasoning behind it. All we know is what Scripture shares with us, that there has to be the shedding of blood mm -hmm. for the remission of sins. And it had to be pure spot from pure spotless lamb. And, and, of course, again, we already knew that the animals couldn't do it. We knew it had to be of man. You know, for the purpose that it was through man that sin came. So obviously through another man, sin had to be relinquished. And so Jesus met all the requirements, mm -hmm. but that still required that shedding of blood. So therefore, his way of really destroying him who holds the power of death was through that. Of course, and through that blood, we now have the ability to be totally cleansed from sin, not mm -hmm. just have our sins covered. Right. We now have the opportunity for them to make us, contrary to some people's belief, perfect in the eyes of God. You know, and it's not that we act perfectly. Oh, yeah. But when you call upon Christ, you know, and you choose to receive his blood over your life, it washes, you know, as, as we repent and, and we confess those things, it washes us clean. 
And sin is that thing that has separated us from God, nothing else. It's that disobedience. And so with Christ coming and doing this, he has totally nullified everything that the devil does. Now, yes, this body is still going to die because this was made in the sinful state. Mm -hmm. But God has come. He has purified it. So even though the body will die, the spirit man within that we see, again, back in Genesis, right? Yeah. He yeah. created man, then he breathed into him the breath of life. The, the, you know, he breathed a spirit into that individual. And so even though this body dies, my spirit will continue to live if I choose yeah. that blood over my life. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Now, also, I think, Tim, it's very important that in verse 14, where it goes and says that through death you might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Mm -hmm. But there is one particular death in which he had to die. Mm -hmm. I remember Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he was praying in anguish, yep. and he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood, and he prayed this prayer, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass by me. Mm -hmm. I read that right to say, Father, could any other death do? Could I just die of a heart attack? Mm -hmm. And the Father says, no. Yeah. You have to die on the cross. Mm -hmm. You have to die there. I kind of think that in the, in the Gethsemane thing was another one of those temptations that Satan did. And say, hey, Jesus, you know, I'm willing to let you die, but why don't you die this way? No, I can't mm -hmm. die this way. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Why? Mm -hmm. Because he had to die on the cross. Mm -hmm. And again, if, if you go all the way back into the Old Testament, which we won't have time to obviously dissect yeah. that whole thing, but we know that the things of the Old Testament were shadows of things that were yet to come. And you look through Exodus and uh, Leviticus, and you see the requirements that God had. That It wasn't just about the shedding of blood. There's a way that it had to be done. And, and there was a means by which, and, and, and there was certain things you had to do, such as washing your hands and, and you know, thing, things of like that, the priest before he offered the sacrifice. Right. And, and so there, there's a lot of stipulations that he laid out. Again, do we know the full reasonings? No, we don't, other than the fact that God set them up and said this is the way it needs to happen. Therefore, there's some reason behind it all. And Jesus, by coming and dying the way that he died, he met even those because you can go and you can look at a lot of those things and whether it even be right down to the, the wash of the hands before the sacrifice is offered. That mm -hmm. happened when Pilate washed his hands yep. um, before turning him over to be crucified. And so you have a lot of these other factors that have to line up as well. And, and maybe the reason God, God set up all those stipulations was so that way we could say, see, for anybody to be able to fulfill all these things, you know it's got to be yeah, my, have, my chosen one. <laughs> yep, yeah, it has to be God. It just has to be. And, and then the neat thing is, uh, okay, so he destroyed or rendered powerless is how I, I define destroyed the power of death. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, you and I may not die. Some, I mean, mm -hmm. the rapture happens, we don't die. But... If it doesn't happen, we will die, okay? So he, the power of death does not mean that, that you know, um, that he destroyed him that had the power of death, you know, that, that we have no hope. Because in verse 15, it says that he delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. 
For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Mm -hmm. What a difference that is. Mm -hmm. Last night we were discussing at prayer meeting that, you know, we are made so much different than the angels. Mm -hmm. The angels have no choice. Contrary, contrary to what Hollywood paints, yeah. that somehow when we die, we become angels. Become no, angels, yeah, no. no we're, we're some different. We, You know, and, and the thing is, 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 wait a minute. No, no, no. We were made very special, mm -hmm. not as angels. And Jesus, so Jesus didn't take on the body of Michael or Gabriel or somebody. He took on the body of a human being so that he could go through all that he had to go through, so that he could die a special death, mm -hmm. so that he could conquer death for you and me. Right. Now, it's my, it's my contention that, you know, I trust, and I'm, and I'm praying, and I trust that that day, if the rapture doesn't happen yet, that day when I face death, I face it without any fear, knowing, wait a minute, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Yeah. For me to live as Christ and to die as gain. Mm -hmm. You know, and to do that. This Saturday, I, I'm, I, I do a, I'm doing a memorial service for a very special friend of mine. And, you know, the way he died, he died with such calmness and such peace because he knows this Jesus that you and I are talking about. And that he conquered the power of death. So immediately when, when he, he took his last breath, he was in standing before the Lord Jesus Christ in all of glory. Mm. You know, so he took away that, that fear of death. We don't have to fear death. I don't right. have to fear death. Why? Because I know where I'm going. Mm -hmm. I was talking with his wife this afternoon, and she was saying, isn't it wonderful to know that we as Christians don't have to fear death? I know where Jim is. Mm -hmm. I know that one day I'm going to see him again. We're going to have a grand reunion. I know that Jim, even though he had trouble with his legs, is probably dancing in front of Jesus right now. Mm -hmm. You know, and just saying, look, I got brand new legs. Mm -hmm. I, can, I yeah. can do this. Well, doesn't Scripture even tell us that perfect love casts out fear? Yeah. You know, and I, I think of a lady uh, in a town where we once lived who didn't know the Lord. And I mean, you're talking about an individual who was so afraid of death that whenever she began to think about it, she would literally become physically sick mm -hmm. yep. over it. Um, and then, you know, it wasn't actually anybody leading her to the Lord. It was actually Mel Gibson's movie, The Passion of the Christ. Oh, yeah, that could do it. That she went and she saw. And, of course, God had worked on her over the course of the year, you right. know, through us and through some other people that had been in her life and in some circumstances. But she went saw that movie, immediately went home, knelt down before her bed and gave her life to Christ. No exaggeration. From that very moment, her fear of death, gone. She no longer had that issue, you know, and so it's just yeah. when when God comes and takes residence, He can take that all away. And you know that that's one of the neat things because we're going to get down a little further. I think it's like number nineteen in this segment of thirty-one weeks that Jesus came. We're going to see that in number nineteen it says, "I came to give you peace, mm -hmm. and my peace I give you." Yep. And once again, you look at the cross. Did Jesus have peace when He was dying on the cross? You bet He did. Mm -hmm. He didn't. He didn't rile back at the soldiers and saying, I'm innocent, I'm innocent, don't do this to me. No. When they, when they spoke to him, he, he didn't return anything back. In fact, quite the contrary. Here's one time to really make a good break would have been before he ever got caught when he was in the garden, yep. right? Sure. And Peter and the other disciples were willing to rear up and, you know, that's where they all turned like cowards and ran. But they, you know, Peter drew his sword, slices off one of the, one of the soldiers' ears, and Jesus' response wasn't, hey, yeah, go, Peter. Yeah. 
It was Peter. Put, put that side. away. Yeah, put up your sword. Reaches down, picks up the ear, puts it back on the soldier, and heals it. Yep. And then goes willingly as a prisoner. That would have been his moment to rear up. In fact, we know he could because we saw back when he first read, uh, one of the times when he read the scriptures in the synagogue, where he read that passage that talked about um, that he would bring good news to the poor and set free the captives. He said the scriptures fulfilled in your hearing. They let him out to, you know, do away with him. Yep. And when they got him there, it says, then Jesus turned and just walked through the crowd. Yeah. As if they're dead men. Exactly. You know, and, and, and so for, and that's the way it would have happened anywhere along the way. So for, Jesus had to make a willful choice for that not to happen. Right. To be able to be taken. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just so, so remarkable, this, mm. this topic. And, you know, I was looking at the Luke 252, for example, in, and it says that he grew. Mm. So, you know, Jesus yep. just didn't come out of the womb and then, you know, four days later he became a man. Mm -hmm. No, he grew in all the ways in which we grow. Yeah. Yeah. With all the things, you know, the, the, you know, your legs aching because you're, you're, you have a growth spurt or all, mm -hmm. whatever, you know, all those things that happen to us, Jesus Christ went through. In fact, we see that, I think, in verse 17 of this chapter. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be, be made like unto his brethren. And I, I like that term, Tim, all things. What does that include? Everything. Everything. When it says all things, it means mm -hmm. all things. So therefore, is there something that I, Harold Noyes, have gone through that Jesus Christ has never you know, experienced? I don't think so. I think that Jesus Christ has experienced all things that I have experienced. Experienced all things that you experienced as a as a young man and as a boy and, and so forth. Because he, he says in those things, he, mm -hmm. he did. To be made like unto his brethren. And I love that. That he's saying, wait a minute. When I made man, God is saying, when I made man, I made man in our image. Mm -hmm. I didn't make animals in our image. Right. I made man in our image. Therefore, you know, he likened us. Even then, as to his brother, mm -hmm. as to his people. What a, what a remarkable thing God has done. Mm -hmm. And that's why Jesus had to come in the flesh. Yep. So that he could go through all the things that you and I go through. That's and it. experience it. Just like in Luke 2.52. It says that he, he grew up as a young man. Mm -hmm. what, what a remarkable statement that is for us. Yep. And all those things. So it goes and says, All things that behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. Mm. So he goes to God on our behalf. Mm -hmm. I've been preaching out of the book of Hebrews, <clears throat> and last week I did chapter 8 having to do with Melchizedek, mm -hmm. and, and the high priestly ministry, and the high priestly ministry of Jesus Christ, knowing that even right now, folks, he's praying for you. Yeah. He's praying for me. You know, that he is, for, he is ever making intercession for us. Mm -hmm. That's one of his ministries. You know, it isn't like Jesus died and went to heaven and now he's on vacation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're putting him through the ropes. I mean, mm -hmm. we're, we're making him work hard. He is yeah. praying for us. Yeah. You know, what a remarkable thing that I know. It has been for how many thousands of years? Yeah. You know, and, and, and so people don't underestimate the power and, and the reasoning for that. You, don't, you need to look again back in the Old Testament at Sodom and Gomorrah, right? And, and God's response was, I looked for someone to stand in the gap, yep. and I found none. Therefore, 
I have no option but my judgment and my wrath to be shown right. forth. Without somebody standing in the gap for us, we'd be open to his wrath and his judgment, yeah. you yeah. know. But because Christ went there and is able to stand before the Father, say, not only did I go through what they went through, Father, don't forget about this yep. and this that brought their forgiveness, you know. And what father would not look at his son in love yep. and say, yeah, you're right. Taken care of. Taken care yeah. of. You know, I can just picture God, you know, putting the gavel down on that holy desk and saying, not guilty. Yeah. You know, because he's sitting there as judge and, and Jesus as my my defense attorney going, mm -hmm. he says, Father, you know, and this is chapter 9. He's my mediator. Besides. Right. And, and, you know, as my defense attorney and saying, yes, Dad, he did it. But I covered it with my blood. Mm -hmm. And God the Father sees it as taken care of. Mm -hmm. What a remarkable God we have. So you have that here. It behooved him to be made like unto his brother, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. Mm -hmm. And you know, before I came to know Christ as my personal Savior, I didn't see God as a merciful, merciful God. Mm -hmm. I, didn't, I, didn't, I saw him as a bully. I saw him as somebody who, who wanted to... You know, bully me, so to speak, until I came to a personal knowledge of who this Jesus Christ is and what Jesus Christ was willing to do for me mm -hmm. and how much he loved me. Yeah, mm -hmm. that I was able to finally say, wait a minute, yes, he is merciful to me. Yeah. I love the Psalms. Uh, a few weeks ago in, in prayer meeting, we read this Psalm, and, and it goes and says, every single verse, the end of the verses, and his mercy endureth forever. His mercy. So I would read the psalm, and at the end, I'd have the people, you know, say, "Okay, now you do, you do the response." His mercy endureth forever, and you know, and that's so true for you and me. Yeah. So he is a merciful, but he is also a faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's a big word, reconciliation. But what does it mean? It means to restore that which was once in. Um, that was once in relationship somehow got separated and has now been brought back again. It would be almost like the concept of, you know, when, if you're anything like me, you know, you get up in the morning, you can find one slipper, and where the heck that other one go? I think a mouse walked off with it or something. But, you know, those slippers are meant to be together. Yeah. But somehow they get separated. But then when you, ah, you find it, you reconcile that other slipper back to this one. That's what that term's talking about. And it's understanding, as you mentioned wonderfully earlier, that, the original relationship was God walking and talking with us um, in the cool of day. Yeah. And you, you know, the old hymn, uh, and he, he walks, walks with me, me talks he talks with me. me, tells me I'm his own. You know, that was the relationship. But sin came and separated that slipper. And Jesus said, you know what? I've now come and I've now brought, I've done everything I can to bring you right back yeah. here. Yeah. Just call on me and we're back together again. Yeah, you know, and Paul gives us a wonderful picture where he says, when we were yet enemies, mm -hmm. he took us mm -hmm. and made us his own. And then, in, you know, uh, Romans 5 eight, mm -hmm. God commanded his love towards us, and while we were yet enemies, Christ died for us. Mm -hmm. What a remarkable thing. So that reconciliation took us from being the enemies of God to now becoming the brethren of God. Mm -hmm. becoming the children of God, becoming the family of God, mm -hmm. becoming even the heirs and the joint heirs with God. 
Yep. You know, you, did you see the progression? You know, yeah. I was once an enemy, then I became brother, and then, you know, but the progression is now you're an heir and a joint heir with me. Mm -hmm. What a remarkable God we have. So that he Absolutely. is a merciful and faithful high priest and things pertaining to God to make reconciliations. What, for my good deeds? No. He made reconciliation for my sins. That's what he did. So he took on us, or took on himself, excuse me, my sin, our sins, the sins of the world so that the world could have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and so many people say, well, yeah, but, you know, that's good for you, but I don't think God would ever love me. Uh -huh. Wait a minute, he died for all people. That's right. And, he, and forget that argument that the walls are going to fall in on the church if you yeah, walk in. Because, yeah. sorry, again, he died for you while you were yet a sinner. sinner. Right. And, and even Paul, when you think about it after the fact, and, you know, the statement you made near the beginning here today, that he claimed to be the chief of sinners. And he claimed to be that after he got saved. Yep. After Jesus had redeemed him. And he still realized, no, I'm the chief of all the sinners yet. But you know what? It doesn't matter. Because of what Jesus did. Because of what Jesus did. You know, so, so I, you know, I just want to comfort people's hearts today saying, look, if you have a fear of death, which certainly this scripture talks about, but Jesus died so that I don't have to fear death. Yep. You know, I'm not saying that I want to die. I'm not saying that I'm ready to die as far as leave this earth and my loved ones and my friends. and all. But you know something? When I do, when, I, when it comes to my time, I don't have to fear it. Mm -hmm. Because in verse 18, for in that he himself had suffered, being tempted, he is able to secure them that are tempted. Yeah. Jesus Christ has secured me, secured you, and he can secure you today for eternal life mm -hmm. to know that you would leave this world and go be with him forever and ever and ever never to depart again never to be separated again mm -hmm. because of what jesus christ did in taking on flesh of a human being mm -hmm. being tempted in all ways like us yet without sin so that he could destroy the powers mm -hmm. of death i don't have to worry about death for everyone who calls on the name of the lord shall be, be saved. saved and he and because he is a faithful high priest you can hold him to that word he will be true to it yeah you know so so i mean this i have so many other scriptures here that, that they're not going to be to get to because colin's already told me it's almost time up you know but you know even we paul, love you colin we love you colin despite that <laughs> yeah the, but but even in first timothy paul is writing to young man timothy and he and paul calls jesus the man jesus christ the man, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So it's not just some figment of someone's imagination. It's not just some spirit. Not just some apparition of someplace or whatever. It's just, right. no, he was the man, Jesus Christ, who did it all for us. And I hope today that you, whoever you are, wherever you're watching, that you can come to that point of saying, wait a minute. Jesus Christ came as a man to destroy the powers of death so that I don't have to fear death. Yeah. But there's one thing you need to do. Say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. Would you please come into my life? Save me from my sins. Wash my sins away mm -hmm. that I would become a child of yours. Sure. And I thank you that you already have secured my home in heaven. You know something, Tim? I'm, I, I have this paranoia sometimes that when I go on a trip, and I get to the hotel, I think that my hotel room has been canceled. Mm. But when I die, and it's time for me to go to heaven, 
nobody can cancel that for me. Right. Nobody can cancel it. I am secured mm -hmm. knowing that my reservation is all paid for mm -hmm. already by Jesus Christ because he became a man. He took on flesh so that he could die the death he died so that I could have, we could have, all of us could have eternal life in Jesus Christ. That's right. I tell you what, what, what a tremendous subject this is. And there's so many other scripture verses that we could give you pertaining to that. But I trust that this is what God would have us have given to you today um, to maybe encourage your heart that, that Jesus Christ did this for you, that you could have eternal life. I'm Pastor Harold Noyes, pastor of the Community Christian Church. We are on the lower road in the little village of Athens, Vermont. We have morning worship at 9.30 every Sunday morning. We also have a Sunday night service, that is at 6 o'clock, that for whoever cannot make it on a Sunday morning for whatever reason or, or whatever, you can come on Sunday night, you can fellowship with us, you can be taught by the Word of God. In fact, this Sunday, uh, which will be the 29th, we're having Alan Frank come uh, and do a concert. He's going to be at Tim's Church in the morning. Yep. Um, so that is at 6 o'clock at our church. We also have Bible studies Tuesday night at the church. We have Bible, that's at 7 o'clock. We have prayer meeting 7 o'clock Wednesday night at the church. We have an afternoon Bible study on Thursday down in uh, Brookline and in that area. So we have a lot of Bible studies. If you'd like to get hooked into some of those Bible studies, just call my office and we'll be more than happy to try to hook you into a Bible study or a time, a service that would be convenient for you to be able to come and learn from the Word of God. And if you're in the Charlestown area, uh, we meet on Main Street at the old St. Luke's Episcopal Building at 176 to 188 Main Street. Uh, great time in the Word. Uh, we fellowship at around 10 o'clock, uh, have some good coffee, um, make sure we're thoroughly awake so I don't put you to sleep during the sermon. <laughs> no. Um, but we have that at 10 o'clock. 11 o'clock, we have our service in the main sanctuary. Uh, great time of worship and uh, just seeking God together. Uh, as you heard, we'll have Alan Frink there that, um, in the morning. My thoughts are, come on down, enjoy the concert in the morning, and like what you hear, grab somebody in the afternoon, take them over to Harold's Church in the evening to, to get fed again through that. Um, and so look forward to seeing you at both of our churches. And if you're uh, in the Vermont, New Hampshire uh, border areas along the Connecticut River, you can watch us on every station from Brattleboro all the way up to Springfield, also up in the Northeast Kingdom, or you can tune in on Facebook uh, to the episodes as well. Get the word out about this program if you enjoy it. Uh, let your friends know about it. And if you're tuning in outside our viewing area uh, through Facebook, let us know where you're watching from. We do like to keep a record of the town so we can be praying for those areas as well. Good. So thank you so much for tuning in to Heartline Ministry. Of sin and love and